All right, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. <clears throat> glad we can come into the Lord's house, and I'm always glad when we can open up His Word. It is so precious. Uh, this world will pass away, but I'm glad uh, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the, His Word is eternal. It's not going anywhere, uh, and I'm glad because it contains promises uh, that we need for eternity. Amen. Uh, if you want to spend eternity with them, this word's got to be good for eternity. And I'm glad it is thankful for that. You know, uh, if you've ever in your life gotten one of those lifetime warranties, you know, have you ever heard of that? When you realize it's only as long as the lifetime is the company, right? If that company goes out of business, the lifetime warranty is not any good anymore. I'm glad my Lord is on the throne. Amen. I'm glad he's eternal. Uh, I'm glad his promises are true. And I'm glad we can get in, uh, dig in this morning. But Luke 1, verse 26, it's a, it's a long chapter, Luke chapter 1. But we're going to look at the kind of a middle section here. Luke 1, 26, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom shall be no end. Praise God. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall these thing, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which should be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Yeah. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Lord, we thank you once again to be able to come into your house. We thank you for your word and its truth. And Lord, I pray that uh, you would help me to preach. But Lord, help us to listen. Lord, take away the distractions. Lord, let us focus on you. And Lord, I pray that your word would come alive. Lord, we know that this happened over 2,000 years ago. But Lord, I pray that spiritually we could uh, gain truth from this and apply it to our life today. In Jesus' name we pray and amen. So the beginning of Luke chapter 1, the angel Gabriel goes to Zacharias uh, and talks and announces that he will have a son with Elizabeth. That's John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And six months later, we see now in verse 26, the same angel Gabriel is now coming to Mary uh, who lived in Nazareth. And verse 27 gives you a little introduction. It says, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So in those days, the Jews, when they got married, it was a little different than us today. Today, you have an engagement, right? And then you get married later on. Well, they had three steps in the process. 
There, what they would call an engagement was really the father uh, of the bride and groom would be the ones deciding, hey, we think our two kids should get married. So that was the kind of the arrangement. The fathers would agree and agree to a price as well. And then, uh, it, now, then it would go to the couple. If the couple was going to go along with it, they would then be what they call espoused in the Bible. So they would have this little ceremony where the two would <laughs> exchange, not vows, but they would exchange promises you know they would both promise uh, to be married to each other at a later date they would promise to be faithful to one another and then about a year later would be the actual marriage but in the Jewish uh, in their custom in their culture if you were espoused so if the two had made their promises to one another the only way you could break that was through divorce Right? They, were already, uh, they, were, they weren't married, but uh, they had already made promises to each other. And the blessing uh, uh, of it, if you don't know this, the groom would go off uh, and he would build, uh, usually onto his father's house, build on uh, a place, a home for them. Uh, and then at an unknown time, about a year later, he would come and get his bride. Aren't you glad? That's a picture of Jesus Christ. He went away to Father's house. Uh, he's building a, a place for us. And at some unknown time, he's coming back to get his church. But that's a whole other message. That's later. Uh, but so Joseph and Mary, they were in this middle stage. They had been espoused. Uh, they'd made promises to one another, but they weren't yet married. So they had to stay faithful to one another. Uh, and uh, again, the only way you could break that was divorce. So here we see verse 28. The angel came to Mary and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. So there's Gabriel uh, greeting Mary as, as he comes to visit her. Uh, and here's the thing that I noticed that right off the bat, uh, the angel came to Mary, right? Uh, God told the angel to go to Mary to deliver this message. I don't see where Mary was looking for the angel. I don't see where Mary was looking for God, where she was trying to do this herself. Uh, no, uh, God came to her. She wasn't looking for favor. She wasn't looking for grace from the Lord, but God sent it to her. Isn't that a blessing? Uh, doesn't that remind you, those of us that are saved, uh, we weren't looking for God, but aren't you glad that God came to us? Amen. Uh, that's why when uh, uh, before you're saved, you're called lost, right? Because we were the ones that were lost. God wasn't lost. I didn't go find him. He knows where he's at. He knew where I was at too, praise God. And he'll come and find you as well. The angel said, blessed art thou among women. And this is because of the role that God had chosen for her life to fulfill being the mother of Jesus. But then at verse 29, even at the greeting, even at this greeting that Gabriel had said to her, it says she was troubled at his saying. See, when Gabriel visited Zacharias, Earlier on in the chapter, six months prior, verse 12 says, And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. See, Mary was not afraid of what Gabriel looked like. She was afraid, the Bible says, at what he said. Amen? That's what it says. She was afraid at the message that he had brought, the greeting. And you think about this. Who was Mary? She was poor, right? We know this from the Bible. 
And you look around, and uh, I'm sure many women, if you're, if you're on the lower income side like she was, uh, you look around, and she could have said, many other women have better lives than I do, right? Many have uh, better situations, better homes, more wealth, more possessions. In fact, some have servants and different things. And she's looking around, and I don't know if that's what troubled her or not, but you could, uh, if you were in her shoes at that time, you could say, wait a second, how am I highly favored? How am I blessed? Look at my situation. Look at where I'm at. But I don't know if that's what troubled her or something else. But one of the things we can learn about Mary, now we got to stop and pause here for a second. I'm talking about the Mary of the Bible. And, the, and only what the Bible says about Mary. I'm not talking about fairy tales or a Mary that's been dreamt up or anything else. I'm talking about what the Bible says about Mary. If you look at Mary in the Bible and look at the times that she's mentioned, I notice something. She's always thinking. She's always listening. She's always thinking. The Bible says she was pondering things in her heart oftentimes. And she listens first. She thinks about it. And then she speaks. And you realize when Mary speaks in the Bible, she doesn't say a whole lot. Right? See, that's all we see. Look what, uh, uh, and, and here she's, she's just thinking and listening to what the angel says. But verse 30, the angel said unto her, remember she was troubled. The angel said, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Aren't you glad that for every one of us that trust God, for everyone who is afraid and turns to God and listens to God and ponders what God says, he's got a fear not for every single one of us. Amen. He can. I tell you what, these are troubling times. These are times of distress for some. These are times of depression. But aren't you glad even in the darkest hours, we can open up God's word. We can get into his precious promises and we can see the truth. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you what, if you're in a dark place, the best thing you can do is get out God's word yeah. and then uh, after yeah. that start thanking God for things that he's done yeah. and then you start praising God and before you know it things are looking better. I'm not saying your circumstances will magically change but I'm telling you what you'll get that peace from heaven. Amen. Peace. That fear not. It helped her and it'll help you. Mary's listening to God's word and what came out of that? Peace and direction. Right? She got direction from God's word. And I believe that's available for every one of us that will listen to God's word and trust in it. And look at the message, verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of David forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Aren't you glad? Do you see what it says? Talking about Jesus. Right off the bat, verse 32. He shall be great. And at the end of 33, his kingdom shall, uh, there shall be no end. That blesses me. And remember I said a minute or two ago, you've got some have a made-up Mary, right? A Mary they've invented, a Mary they've added to, or anything else. And here's the thing. Some believe that she's greater. But I, I'm here to tell you, she is blessed. The Bible says that. She's blessed among women. The Bible shows that she's faithful. But some will put her at the same level as Jesus himself. Some will do that. But I'm glad that we've got the KJV, and one of the reasons why I like it 
is because uh, you've heard me say this before. You know, the these and the thous are what people say they don't like about the KJV, but it actually helps us. I'll give you a little English lesson real quick. We'll be over it in a second. But you, if I say I'm giving you $5, you don't know if I'm talking to one of you in the crowd or everybody in the crowd. You in English doesn't tell us whether it's singular or plural. It's the same. Now, I know Florence, Kentucky, it says you all, but that's wrong. But it's you. You know what the KJV does to split you? If it starts with a T, thee, thou is singular, ye, you is plural. So you're thinking, well, Mike, I don't see any of those. Well, you're right, because it says he shall be great. If God wanted Mary to be at the same level of Jesus, he would have said, ye or you shall be great. Talking to Mary and including Jesus. He didn't say that. Well right? Well if, if God wanted Mary to be above Jesus, he would have said, thou shall be great. Because he's talking to Mary. Right? Amen. Amen. There's no, there's no mix up. Right? It's plain. Amen. What does the angel say from God? He shall be great. Amen? Yeah. Amen? I believe if Mary were here and were to see what they've done to her, she would say, just like when the disciples went to the, I can't remember where they were at, but the men started to worship them and they said, whoa, 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 I'm a man just like you are. I believe Mary would say the same thing. I'm a woman. I, hey, don't you bow down to me. Bow down to him. Amen? Amen? Amen. He shall be great. If we're going to call on anybody and any name, the Bible says, it's the name of Jesus Christ for salvation. There's no co-mediatrix or anything else you want to call it. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. In fact, you can't even call on my name for salvation. It won't help you. It won't even help you to call on any of the dead saints. We don't have to do that. We can go straight to Jesus Christ. Amen. He shall be the greatest. And guess what? He's not sharing his greatness with anybody. The devil tried that. And he lost. Amen. The Old Testament prophets, they talk about uh, the Messiah. And usually they, they talked about his first coming and his second coming usually together. And I'm glad. because the, And not only is he shall be great, uh, he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. I praise God. He's not ruling and reigning on David's throne right now. There is no throne over there in Jerusalem. But aren't you glad one day there will be? Amen. And he shall reign forever. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Verse 34. I'm getting blessed up here. I don't know about you. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Mary's asking Gabriel a question. And this is not a question from doubt. See, I believe Zacharias was asking a question in doubt earlier on in the chapter. He doubted how that could even happen. Mary, I believe, is believing what the angel said to her. She's believing it. She's saying, okay, if a son's going to come from me, okay. Well, here's the problem. She's confused. She's a virgin. And she wouldn't have asked this question if virgin meant young maiden, by the way, which it doesn't. It means virgin, what it says. And she's keeping herself for Joseph. They're espoused. And they're even keeping themselves from each other until they're married. Amen. That still needs to be the same today. Anyway, I'll get back on track. 
But she's keeping herself. She's confused. How's this going to happen? I believe Mary also lived a life of righteousness. And she's saying, hey, I want to make sure this is clear to me. Because I'll, I'll give you a little helpful hint. If you think God is telling you to do something that's a sin, if you think that God is telling you to do something that goes against his word, it's not God telling you to do that. It's either your own lust or it's the devil or a combination of both. God will never lead you into sin. He will lead you into righteousness. Amen? And I believe she's asking right here, now wait a second. How am I going to have a child? We can't do this. We can't do this in any, any righteous way that I could think of. But she asked the question. It's a valid question. She gets an answer. 35, the angel said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore the, also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. We want so many more details, don't we? But we don't get them. Just like creation, we don't get all the details that we want. But I'll tell you what. The virgin birth is the key. Of this story, amen. You have to have it. Romans 5, 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. If Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, he'd have a sin nature, and he'd have to die for his own sin, and couldn't die for our sins. Amen. He had to be born of a virgin. But it's one of those things that people want, right? They want, they want some kind of evidence. There is none. You have to trust what God says. And believe it by faith. But he did tell her in 36 that, hey, your cousin Elizabeth was barren. And even in her old age, she's with child six months already, right? That's what he said. He gave her a sign that she was pregnant. God opened up her dead womb. And here's the thing. People say that virgin birth is impossible. There's no way. And there's a lot of Christians that say, you know what? We don't really have to believe that. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. It's prophesied. Amen. It's in the Bible. It's true. Right. You start saying that's wrong, you'll start saying everything is wrong before you know it. And here's the thing. If you think it's impossible, it is. That's why verse 37 is there. For with God, nothing is impossible. Praise God. Right? That's it. Our God deals in the impossible. That's his area. Right? Where we finally have reached the end. Where the doctors have reached the end. Where the medicines reach the end. Where the procedures reach the end. That's where God is at that point. And that's where sometimes he says you try everything on your own. Then you come back to me and let me show you how to do that's it. Right. Praise God. That's him. The virgin birth was impossible. And here's the thing. You may believe that you're too far gone in this life. I've committed too many wrongs, Mike, you just don't understand. And you're right, I don't understand. But I'll tell you one thing, God loves you today, amen? God died for you. Uh, he did what nobody else could do. And I'm telling you what, if he could be born of a virgin, if he could heal the blinded eye, if he could raise the dead, and if he could raise himself from the dead, he can do anything in your life, amen? amen. He can raise you from the dead as well, spiritually. He can change your life, but you have to let him. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 38, Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. After Mary's question, right, she makes one statement. This is it. There's not a whole long conversation. There's not a bargaining with the angel. There's not a let me pray about it and think about it. She accepts it, right? Behold the handmaid of the Lord. She's saying basically, God, I am your servant. 
I am here, and I will accept the plan that you have for my life for this child. And you think about what it took to make that statement. She would have had to have faith and courage and maturity and obedience even at a young age. She did all that. And I'm thinking, wow, that's what we need to do. Amen? That's it. That's the key right there. So I think we see some parallels in this story as we wrap it up to salvation in a Christian life. Right? The story began with grace, didn't it? She found favor. Not that she was looking for it. God found her. And God will find you where you're at. And if you don't know Jesus Christ for salvation, he'll come to you where you're at. In fact, the Bible says, Romans 5, 6, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Praise God. But not only did grace find her, but the word of God, that message from God, enlightened Mary. That word told her who she really was. She thought all she saw in the mirror was a poor woman uh, that was getting ready to be married and would have worked hard her whole life uh, to, to raise a family and everything else. Uh, but, but that word of God came and said, you are blessed today. You are highly favored today. And, and uh, I'm not here to just uh, uh, to work everybody up, but I'm here to tell you sometimes we push ourselves down so much. And what we need to do is look at, in the word and see on one hand God says we are special we are made uh, in his purpose for his plan now now I will tell you we are we are sinners and he died for us and he saved us but you put that together and I'll tell you what he loves us today let the word show us who we really are let it show us it enlightened her people are looking for answers in every direction today aren't they you know what we need we need the Bible to tell us who we are. We need God's plan for our life. And that comes from his word. And the precious promises to direct us. And then I believe that faith saved her. I believe the faith that she put in the Lord saved her. Uh, she had the Holy Spirit within her. Uh, I believe she was saved. Uh, Jesus dies for her later. Uh, but she put her trust in the Lord. And that's the thing. You want to get a word from the Lord? You want to know God's plan for your life, you get in this thing. You pray to him, and then you listen like she did. You listen for the answer. You listen for direction. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. She put her faith in Jesus Christ, and you need to as well. If you want a new life today, you can have one through Jesus Christ. I can't give you a new start. I can't wipe your slate clean, but Jesus Christ can. He can do that. And if you're saved today... We need to be like Mary in verse 38. I'm your servant, Lord. I'm your servant. Whatever your word is, whatever your marching orders are for me, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it with the best of my ability. And I don't have everything I need. That's why I'm going to call on you for faith. Amen. With faith. And I'm going to, you're going to supply all our need according to your riches and glory. That's what we need today. And then that final part, that obedience, allowed God to use her. She, I believe she could have said no. And there would have been another young girl in Nazareth. Right? There would have been another one. But she was obedient. 
And like I said, it's a shame that people put her in such a high pedestal of leadership that's not supported by the scriptures. But I'll tell you what, I love the final words in the Bible that are recorded of Mary. If you didn't know this, uh, you know, when Jesus starts his ministry, the wedding at Cana of Galilee, that first miracle where he turns the water into wine, before he does that miracle are Mary's last words in the entire Bible. And you may be thinking it's some huge thing, but I'll read it to you. John chapter 2, verse 5. His mother saith unto the servants. You ready? Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. That's Mary's last words. Right? That's powerful. She said it before Nike did. Just do it. Right? What he says to you, do it. That's it. That's it. That's faith. No thinking about it. No pondering it. The more we think about it, if we're honest with ourselves, we'll talk ourselves out of it. Amen? The more we look at our emotions, our emotions won't be right. I don't feel good. It doesn't feel right. I don't feel like it. Who cares? Just do it. Amen. That's what Barry's telling us. Amen. Do it. And I look back in my Christian life. The best results I've ever had are when I follow Mary's advice. God tells me to do it, and I do it, and that's Amen. it. What about you today? Amen. It's Christmas, right? Christmas is here. We're celebrating his birth, and even in his birth, we can see faithfulness and obedience. What do we need from God? What do we need to do for God today? Oh, we can say that we love him with our mouth. We can decorate our house real pretty, but are we giving our life to him? Are you, if you're lost, you need to come to him for salvation. Amen. And are you giving your life to him? Yeah. If you're a Christian Amen. today, are you being obedient Amen. and trusting him by faith? That's it. Amen. That's it. But that's everything. I'm going to ask everyone to stand.